Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bear Share Show. This is your host, Andre Matoyer, and today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people, and that is going to be mental health. Uh, because of the topic, this episode's going to be a little bit longer, but that's okay because I think a lot of people need to hear this conversation and know that they aren't alone when it comes to mental health issues. So because of that, I am joined today by the little bit cute, but honestly, more funny, Mr. Colin Denton. Colin, how are you today, man? I'm doing good. I'm a, I'm a great, great person for depression, everybody. I'm the spokesperson of depression and anxiety. How are you, sir? You're also the spokesperson for Circuit City, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, our sponsor is um, Circuit City. But I was going to make that joke, but Circuit City is actually still in business. So if you guys want to go ahead and support them, they're online. This isn't um, this isn't an ad, so we're not getting paid for this. But yeah, depression and anxiety. It's going to be fun talk. Yeah. Yes. And, and in all seriousness, um, we, this is something that me and you have talked a lot about mm -hmm. for a while. So I'm really excited to do this episode with you. Just to break down what it means to have anxiety and depression, what that feels like, um, share our own personal stories with it. I know people have come out to me and be like, Andre, you have this great life. And I'm like, I'm not perfect. There's a lot of crap that we deal with on a daily basis. So right. I think sharing that would be great for people. And, you know, hopefully at the end, we can provide some inspiration in ways we have dealt with it and, um, you know, give people a little bit more hope. Yeah, so, definitely. That's going to be the goal today, for sure. Um, so thanks again, Colin. I appreciate yeah. it. So you said you are an expert about anxiety and depression. So what about anxiety and depression? Like, what do you think those are? Like, how would you describe them? How are they similar? How are they different in your experience? They're um, definitely not similar. Um, that's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, speculation on that. I, I've learned, um, so anxiety is more nerve-driven, and so it's more okay. panic attacks, panic, just being anxious. I mean, anxiety, anxious, everything, you know, and it kind of gets internalized with fear of doing things, too, so it could hold you back. Depression is more of a, a cloud over your head. You're sad. You don't know why you're sad, or you know why you're sad. Your body just doesn't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. People think you hate them yeah. because you're not answering texts or you're not doing that. So it's two different things, but they're tied together with mental health because, you know, Got people it. forget to actually, you know, they focus on the, you know, physical looks and stuff like that. But they forget that their brain actually has it, it needs to see a doctor, too. Like, you need to make sure that's got fitness in. Get that go like get that going with your regular fitness. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I think mental health has been taken such a backstage to other illnesses. And it's probably been only the past maybe like 100 years that we've really focused on mental health and if that. the causes and ways to treat yeah. it. Yeah, if that for sure. Um, so I, yeah, I totally agree. It's not just about the physical outside the body. It's also about the brain. And we forget about Correct. that. But yes, anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, I know anxiety can also feed into depression as well mm. but i do like the distinction that you made. Right. like anxiety is more fear-based depression is a lot more um 
like I like that that I put cloud over your head. Yeah. Right? Great. Like it's just internal I know some people that are totally immobile. Inter- yeah, you know? internal sadness. And like I've had my days where I'm immobile and it could span from, you know, just seasonal depression even is another thing too. That's a whole other topic. Um it's just so much stuff. Yeah. It's not another topic, but it's something that we'll probably brush by and talk about here in this this whole conversation podcast that we're doing here. Yeah. Also, it's funny. Like, so I'm nodding my head, yeah. thinking the whole community, like, the whole audience can hear me nod my head and agree with you. So, just <laughs> laughing at this whole <laughs> podcast stuff, which is a lot. Yeah, of fun. it's different. Right? I love it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for for uh, wanting to jump. Oh, on. definitely. I, it, I know it's kind of uh, talking about depression is not easy. First of right. all, but you know, you being vulnerable with me mm-hmm. and, and sharing your stories is, I think, going to help a lot of people. And I, I appreciate right. that. Um, so you have anxiety. You have depression. You have both, right? Correct. Um, when did you first realize you had those feelings? Um. Well, I suffered from anxiety pretty early. Um, okay. Separation anxiety when I was in kindergarten, actually. So, um, oh, yeah. So my parents noticed that there was a, you know, a weird tick with me. Like I would always put my arms over my head, like like panicky look, and then I didn't want to go to school, so I'd fake being sick. And it wasn't like it was like crying almost. And uh, they just got me to a point where. Uh, eventually uh, they just forced me to go to school. I mean, it was a hard yeah. time for them. But the weird thing is, is like the year prior I was in preschool for two years and I was independent, an independent little kid. And, um, then my kindergarten year, kindergarten year, something switched. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when it started. So that's, the, so that was anxiety for right. you. Um, separation anxiety. Did that ever get better? Like after kindergarten, did it just become a little bit easier, like with school? Or I'm, was that something you always used? Learned to, to, to feel manage it. Um, I wasn't okay. so anxious all the time. I was more um, panic driven. So something would just randomly cause a panic attack, and I wouldn't be able to pinpoint what it was. Okay. But um, I dealt with that on my own from honestly probably like eight to 24 years old 24 years old yeah wow so that was a long time like you're a straight up adult and it still right yeah and like the reason why is because i wasn't exposed to like the idea of of, you know medications and taking stuff for for help and like i never yeah my parents never really explained it to my pediatrician or anything like that we just thought it was normal like i just learned it was normal so that's how long okay. that went on. So, and still goes on. Um, what about depression? So, you know, depression's a little bit, is different, obviously. Yeah. But, like, when did you feel like you had depression where it was, so, you know, darker and, and deeper and, and more of a sadness yeah, for it's you? It's funny. I'm supposed to be funny, but I feel like I'm being dark. But we're going to get through this together, guys. Um, no, thanks again. Yeah, for, I just want to be open because I want people to know that you're okay to talk about mental health. That's why I'm excited to do this with you. Um, so my depression, absolutely. I've noticed two times in my life that it was uh, so bad. Like it was just, it threw me for a loop because I've always been, even though I was okay. anxious, an anxious kid, I've always been able to, to hide behind my humor. Um, you know what they say, where humor comes pain. Um, but my, my freshman year of college, I stayed back in my hometown, 
um, and went to a university here while my friends went away to the zoo, which is just two hours outside Kansas City. And I stayed I stayed in town for um, college here in the city. And I just kind of, that was the first time, you know, you went from preschool to, you know, senior year of high school, friends everywhere, like friends all the time, to starting completely yeah. over and not having anybody. So, like, that was yep. a little dark depression. Like, that was the first time I felt depression. And I can pinpoint also an album, music that, you know, stuck with me at that time that makes me think of that time. But this is also the discovery that, you know, that I was also gay. So it was a weird time, you know. Yeah. I was finding myself and I found myself and then I found somebody too. But that got me out of my, my funk by actually meeting a friend, but it turned into a relationship. So... Uh, that was just one thing. It was like self-discovery kind of brought me out of that. So in a way, it helped me with that. I'm curious what the music was. What was the album that you associate that time? Um, with? Okay. Well, everyone knows Common is a you know a rapper. He was from the '90s and stuff yeah, like that mainly, yeah. and now he's acting. Well, he had a really great mm. album that came out in 2005 called B, and I okay. still love that album. It makes you think of that time. And now I look back at that yeah. time as like um, kind of a good time because it's self-discovery. But I was depressed. So, yeah, definitely yeah. Commons B is the album that makes me think of that time. I will check that yeah, out. I'm probably going to remember some of the tracks that were on it, if any of them were, were popular at the um, time. Yeah, there's a couple. But, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first like um, light depression. That was like a was an appetizer or the, the, the taste. So... Well, the first time you can remember it being okay, this is depression, yeah. and associating that time with that, right. um, with that mental right. issue. Um, I, I did notice that you said you were. It, it sort of um, came to the front when you realized you were mm-hmm. gay. Um, I know that many gay people suffer anxiety and depression, right. um, and, and this isn't a read. Like no. I know lots of people on our social media that we're mutually friends mm-hmm. with constantly fight with this every day um it's it's very common so um why do you think that is like why do you think lgbt people tend to have higher rates oh i mean we're hiding something we you know not everyone i mean not everyone comes out you know gay like right out right out right out the womb and they're like hey i'm gay you know it's something you have to hide and you bury into your stomach and you hide it as long as you can so you get to at least the generation that we grew up. Yeah, in, that's for yeah, right? for our generation like, and generations. It's a lot better generations past, yeah. definitely too. Um, but like, oh yeah. yeah, like you just like I had a conversation with my mom actually pretty recently, and she's like, "You're really okay. good at making up stories, like, like just like with my writing and stuff like that." And she's like, "How do you do that? And like, how do you get there?" I'm like, "Well, I lied for 24 years of my life, and I was hiding something, so." If I had to dodge a question or dodge of like, where were you at? Something like that. Or why weren't you answering your phone? Because I was with somebody I was dating or um, like my my roommate who was actually my boyfriend. Like I had to hide that from them oh. in those situations. So you're, you're oh. lying a lot of the time. And it's not like a bad lie. And it's not a lie that you're going to go to hell for if you're religious. But you have to protect yeah. yourself. It's a weird thing to focus on definitely focus on telling the truth and lying at the same time so you have to weave that in between 
and it is it's a struggle so it beats you down to lie especially lying to people you love so yep lying to your best friends right like yeah yeah Yeah, definitely dude i i've been Mm -hmm. there i i know like i'm so glad that it's better for gay people now or younger kids but like dude it's while it's better it's not perfect there's still people that deal with it today but like coming out in 2005 when you were in high school was like suicide like and i don't mean that no you know probably not the best word but you know what i mean like social suicide i guess like not a good thing at all um yeah and the little lies is true man like little stories uh what were you looking at or what were you doing right don't worry about it just you become so like you become so um like quick to come up with like little excuses yeah i I just actually forgot about internet history i don't (laughs) i actually don't think i ran into that problem because i had a laptop so okay it was all yeah it was all my you know my privacy you know so you're hiding who you are that obviously all those micro times that you're lying Mm -hmm. that you're hiding who you are adds to that depression definitely makes sense and I, i didn't know you had a boyfriend before you came out yeah so that probably made it worse. And like, it was hard. Yeah, I will say it was also hard because there was a point where he came out before me, and um, okay. there was a little bit of like we both we're still really good friends. Like we weren't. There was a time where we were, but now we're we're really good friends. But there was a time where That's he good. was like, "You better come out or I'm leaving." And I'm like, "Yeah, that sucked that. at the time." But I was like, "Okay, I'll do anything. I'll do anything." So I, you know, I eventually did tell my parents, but. Um, it was something that, you know, when I look back on it now, that wasn't fair. Like, that wasn't fair. And he was, I he mean, was older than me too, and so he had more time to okay. figure about, figure out about it. And I, I, I just, it was a different situation for me. But that was that was a weird situation. I mean, like, I get where he's coming from, but it's still coming out should always be on that person's time, right? But like, I get where he's coming mm-hmm. from in the same sense. But yeah, right. that's 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 yeah. tough for sure. Um, man, with, with depression, I, I've definitely been there too. Um, I would say it wasn't until two years ago that I realized like for myself, at least for depression that I had mm-hmm. it. I know that's like pretty recent two years no, ago. I was like, in my thirties, but like, yeah. um, I just, a friend asked me a simple question and that just was, are you happy? And when was the last time you felt truly happy? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And granted, I had, like, fun moments. Sure. You know, I'd maybe gone to a city or done something cool, but, like, I knew what he was asking. And, like, when did I truly feel, like, not anxious all the time or just, just you know, not in, like, a rut or just happy? And I couldn't I couldn't remember. Right. I just remember sitting in my friend's chair, and I just all of a sudden went to, like, this dark place. And it was right after my friend had asked me, like, are you happy? And I was like, no, I'm just not. That's... And I realized, like, I needed some help, you know? Like, it was not a good feeling at all. It's it's weird. Like, you feel trapped in your own brain, you know? What I did was I went, and you mentioned this earlier, you went and got medication. Yeah. I found that to be super helpful. Mm-hmm. But I know that there's a lot of people that find medication to be, like, a cop-out, or they don't think it works. Maybe they think it's a placebo, which is, like... You know, it's designed to make you think that it sure. works, but it doesn't. 
but I, I found that it's successful. But what have you? Are you on medication? Oh, yeah. and, and if so, like, how has that been I for love you? It. I mean, I'm not. Don't want to say I love it. Like, oh yeah, drugs. No, I love it because <laughs> it helps me be a human being. Like every day, I'm able to be a yeah. human being. Um, I take Lexapro for my depression and also Wellbutrin for my depression okay. because my I take Wellbutrin my too. Awesome pill buddies. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the Wellbutrin actually beefs up my my Lexapro. So my Lexapro can make me okay. lethargic and you know cloudy, uh, but happy-ish. But the the the, Le- the Wellbutrin beasts it up, so I have energy to do stuff. And on top of that, for my anxiety. I take uh, clonazepam, which is like clonopin. Um, I did just switch to okay. that actually a year ago. I was on Xanax, which mm-hmm. really didn't. It was great, and it's you know it's a drug that it's you know goes around and people abuse it. Um, I never abused it. Yeah. Like to me, that was like my safety blanket. Like I knew I wasn't gonna have a panic attack. Hop on a plane before I hopped on the plane. I, I toss one in. Um, like okay. maybe right before landing, I toss one in so I know I'd be okay when I land. <laughs> like it's just a weird thing. But I was taking a lot of those, and I knew I could feel when it wore off. And I did tell my doctor that, like, having it wear off, like, I didn't like that feeling. So he switched it to this, where I just mm-hmm. take it twice a day, and I don't even know when, like, if my, my anxiety is going to kick in or not, or kick off or not. Do you like it better than Xanax? Yeah, because I definitely can feel myself. Okay. Um, with Xanax, I felt it run off. felt it run off, and I also got, I got used to it. I had been on it since yeah. 2000. 2012 is when I actually decided to okay. take a stab at at medication, and at the first it was just it was just for anxiety. Um, my serious depression didn't kick in until till something happened traumatic in my life, and um, yeah, I don't know if we'll get to the point later, but something that that did set me well, off. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, I think I met you when that yeah. happened. It wasn't. It's when we started first becoming friends. I think you know. We became, I don't even know how we became friends. Most likely, it was probably just the regular gay bullshit where, hey, one of us thinks each other's cute. Insta-host. Insta-host, yeah. And then, like, we'll friend each other. And then somehow the world connects yeah. us because we're friends with other people. But, yeah, you did meet me yeah. in a trip, to, in a year, the year um, where I, I yeah. something happened pretty traumatic in my life um, earlier that year. And mm-hmm. what I, I lost someone that was really close to me, like... Um, he yeah. was uh, 24 years old, and it was like in February. It was in right? January, it was like pretty early in the January. Yeah, it was January 27th, 2018. And okay, um, yeah, it was my little cousin. I know when people think cousins, they think they're not that close. No, my cousins were super close. Like we're you know a oh. huge family, but we're super close. And what triggered it most for me, of course, losing him. Losing him sucked. But he had been reaching out to me a lot more the weeks before and, like, saying, hey, let's go out. Hey. Yeah. No, he just turned 21. I apologize. He, he would be 24 this year. He just turned 24. His birthday was 24. So he was like, I'm 21. Let's go out and do stuff. And I'm like, okay. It's like, well, you know I go to different bars than what you expect. I don't know if you're into that. He's like, oh, totally. I will go with you wherever. And I was like, absolutely. And, like, we would... He was a Snapchat, you know, cousin. You know, we'd always Snapchat back and forth. I Snapchatted him every day. Then we started talking. Yeah. And he started talking more and being open with me about stuff. And then... Was he gay as well? No, he wasn't gay. I questioned that. I did. It did make me question that. And um, 
but I don't. I, we don't know why. We don't know what happened. So he was trying to get us, trying to get me to, you know, invite him out, come over, um, and I was totally up for it. And this was from like Christmas till January till I had a Snapchat the the night it happened from him, um, but. We were talking. And what what happened, if you don't mind uh, sharing? Like, he shot himself. And there's oh, no notes. There's nothing to know why. So. Uh, dang, Colin. I know. Just, like, the idea that he was trying to get, like, me to hang out with him more. And, of course, I would hang out with him. But also, like, I think he was nervous about me being, you know, the older cousin. He's younger. Like, he won't want to hang out with me because he's older. Um but I wish I took advantage and faster. I because I just I never thought this happy go lucky kid I've known since birth, his birth, uh, would ever take his life. And I had no idea that he was depressed. And this changed my view on depression myself. Um, I knew I was depressed, but it was just for me. It was like angsty teen listening to brand new or uh, whatever, just Manchester Orchestra stuff, just being an angsty teen. But he went through something that I have never had and never hope I hope I never have to deal with um and so when we lost him man it set my mind to like I will never do that to some, to my family I I will never be able to put someone else in that pain and he was in so much pain that he had to do it and it sucks and I wish I could have saved him from it and I think with those text messages could I have saved him but Right before, I don't think that's fair. You can't put that on yourself. It's hard because you right know. before you were, you were there. Yeah, because like it was the holidays, and then actually one of our our uh, aunts had passed away, so we went to a funeral. And I remember the good thing oh, I have yeah. with this is we were at the funeral and everything, and you know, it was an older aunt, so it wasn't like a big surprise. I hate that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't want to sound like that, but like no, I get it. She was, she was older, older. Was, and so you were expecting, yeah, it. yeah, and so. Um, I, I remember that funeral was like I had, could not find my shoes that morning and so I had to wear these pointy ass shoes and and my cousin, his name was Tyler um, he uh, <laughs> he was laughing at my shoes and I was laughing at my shoes too I go, I got these from the Steve Harvey collection and I was doing like James Brown dance in front of him and like, I mean I know it's inappropriate to do at a funeral I'm saying this but this is actually towards the end um so we were in the parking lot, and they weren't going to back to my grandma's house um, for where we were going to go eat and stuff, and you know, traditional Catholic funeral stuff. Um, they were going to go out somewhere else because I think my uncle had to go back to work. And this is the last time I saw Tyler. And uh, he, oh, uh, luckily, he, you know, he came up and hugged me, and he goes, "I love you." And uh, of course, I yeah. told him, "I was like, I love you too." I said, "Well, we're going to go out soon." And that was um, that was Tuesday, and then the that, that Friday, sat early Saturday morning, three a.m. I got a phone call from my dad. And he told me that uh, that my cousin had passed, and that was totally oh yes. Yeah. So that was in just January of 2018. I know it's a long story, it's a long-winded story, and I, you know, but that's what that's what drove me down to a deep, deep depression, and it hit me yeah. in a weird way that I pushed it down so far. That I pretended it didn't happen. What did you do to, to push it down? Like, how did you push it I, down? I didn't... Uh, usually, you know, people go to, to drinking and drugs and stuff like that. Um, I didn't get on my medication for depression yet. So I was still having my anxiety, oh. but I wasn't depressed. 
I didn't right. think I was depressed yet. I thought I was going to shake it off or just be like, yeah, you know, I had someone kill themselves in my life. Of course I'm going to feel sad for this. But no, I buried it way down, way down. Um, try to change my life and be something different. And like, that's what I wanted to do, but I was doing it erratically and out of like, out of character for me and like too fast. Like, um, I was trying to be like different jobs, switch a different job, which actually that in the long run, that was great. But I took, I tried to bury it with other things. I traveled a ton, went out with my friends. Um, you know, me and mm-hmm. you took a trip with a group of our friends to San Francisco and this is in November. Yeah. November, I will say in November is where it was the hardest because not only was it coming up on the anniversary and the weather and stuff was reminding me of, you know, it's cold, it's going to be cold. And that's when, you know, it was cold when Tyler died. Um, but also my, one of my best friends, mom, who, you know, practically was my second mom. She had passed away two nights before me and you met in San Francisco and yeah. so yeah in person yeah. yeah and i was trying to be funny and trying to be my normal self and i i handled i thought i handled it myself and you you did make a good point you know that i was kind of hard-headed and kind of dickish and it's not not well like, i mean it's a i mean it was a wake-up call like it wasn't a wake i knew i was being that way but it, that was the start of me realizing that pump the brakes something's not right in my head okay. something's not going right yeah. And um, yeah, so I went to the doctor and talked about, uh, you know, getting my depression stuff. Like at the time, too, like I was dating somebody and I really liked them. And uh, after Christmas is when I, I started to get like lock me in the room, turn off the lights, I'll just sleep. Like just nothing brings me joy. Uh, and just like, yeah. Yeah. And so, immobile. Yeah. It really does cripple you. And you, you can't it does you can't explain to somebody how you're feeling or you can no. like you can do that but well, they may not get it they you can ex- describe it but they're not going to feel it mm-hmm. the way you are right um one of the issues that we run into a lot is our parents generation mm-hmm. they've never really grown up with mental health mm-hmm. being discussed they did so they just think of it as the, well yeah they did but, but it was a different not, not this, to the level I, okay, so my parents, uh, they were born in the 50s, so I've got, a, I'm the youngest of an, oh. I'm the youngest of a boomer parent, so when, okay. when I would have a panic attack, um, like, when we do family vacations, like, I used to have panic attacks, like, just randomly, and it's just, like, my body shuts down, I want to go to my bed, and I just want to sleep, cover my eyes, get out of the way, don't talk to me. They would more poke me, like, get over it, it's fine, get over it, it's fine. You know, you're fine. Yeah. Just breathe. You're yeah. fine. And it's like when someone's clamoring you and on top of you and you're freaking out, <laughs> that's not helping at all. At all. So I think people need to differentiate between anxiety and depression is a mental illness, mm-hmm. right? Like these are things that you aren't going to just solve like you can an emotion where you just feel upset mm-hmm. for a minute. You can cool off and move mm-hmm. on. It's very different. There's actually chemicals in your brain that prevent you from moving right. on so to speak, and just feel better. Um, So I used to explain how uh, antidepressants work um, for some of the students that would ask me in my human science classes Mm -hmm. when I taught that stuff, when we went over the nervous system and the brain. And basically there's two types um, where your brain, either um, the pills, medication stops your brain from absorbing excess serotonin. Mm -hmm. So serotonin helps you feel good in the brain. 
Um, so if your brain naturally absorbs too much, that's going to leave you feeling lower than normal, which is what causes some of the depression. Mm -hmm. So some of the medications will block the pickup altogether. And those are called SSRIs. Um, and again, those just help um, in the event that your brain takes up too much of those uh, they're called neurotransmitters, both serotonin and norepinephrine. That um, just helps with, you know, preventing those, uh, the brain from absorbing too much of it. Um, and then you have the other kind of um, antidepressant category called SNRIs, which are basically uh, drugs that help produce simply more of those feel-good hormones like norepinephrine and um, serotonin. And if you have more of them, then if your body uptakes too much, then you should be fine because you have more that's produced. So that's the basics of how they work, but you know, just to kind of give people a better sense. So these chemicals are designed to, in these drugs to help you. So, you know, don't be afraid of them essentially. Right. It's just, it's our bodies and it's not even like, yeah. you can say diets and stuff are going to help that. I don't know the science behind that necessarily, but like sometimes your guilty pleasures help you. Like, that puts you in, you know, it stimulates your endorphins. Like, you know, I may be sad yeah. or depressed for a hot second over something different, and then I'm like, mac and cheese, throw that down my throat. I'm good yep. for a bit. I'm Food. good. I'm good for a bit. Well, but I will say with yeah. being diagnosed. Food's definitely one that gets me. Right, and, you know, we're bears. And, like, of course, we don't have, we, we do, but it just adds to our cuteness a little bit. A little bit pudgy, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, a, but like but but we cope with it with it in different ways like mm -hmm. food is is not a good one that sure. i do but like people people have all sorts of ways they make themselves feel better when it comes to anxiety and depression I I mean, I it could be, be gambling it could be hard drugs it could be all sorts of stuff true that is very true um, um i was about to make a joke but then you started to talk about hard stuff and i'm like oh, i can't i can't make that joke <laughs> Well, on the flip side, though, there's good things, um, you know, exercise um, mm -hmm. and diet. So, you know, the the diet does help make you feel better because you're treating your body better and, you know, getting those nutrients to your brain and all that stuff can help. Um, but also the working out. So you release dopamine that makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a healthy way to kind of move over anxiety and depression. There's actually been studies that show that anxiety and depression can help not as much, but can have a significant effect to mental health improvement, almost as good as medication. You learned that from so, Legally Blonde. Endorphins make you happy. I don't remember if that was happy in that movie. people just don't murder. It's in that, it's in that movie. <laughs> people just don't murder. It's just, it's just a fact. Oh, it is. It's in that movie. Yeah. You're getting all your information from well, Reese Witherspoon movies. Next up, we're going to talk hey, well, about... Well, she's a lawyer, and she did her research, so <laughs> I'm going to listen to what she says. But then we got to go to other movies, um, like Sweet Home Alabama. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say... Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I, no. I, I'm, I'm not... Okay, I should be a working out guy. Like, I used to. You know, I grew up with sports and everything like that, but just I hit an age mm. where I just... I, I'm not as active as I used to be. I'm going to admit that. Like, I, I should be, and... But sometimes I'm I'm definitely a worker bee. I'm on top of my work. I love working. Yeah. I love to be busy with that. But for my depression and my anxiety, sure, I've got my, you know, go-to treats, but I don't do them every day. They're in moderation. But this helps me beyond, like, I love it. Writing. 
writing down your thoughts. Oh. Your feelings, your stories, anything you want to write. Like, it just gets it out of your system. And, like, it's almost like like you're extracting it out of your body and feeling a little bit better about yeah. your feelings. And it's cool. And I don't, don't want to say it's cool, but it's def- definitely interesting to go back when you're in a better mood and you see how far you've come from what you've written. So okay, it's it's a journey and it's it's terrible. But I mean, you do if you do a lot of the stuff to help you get out of it and you can look back and stuff. Even, like, with pictures when we were in San Francisco, like, I can see myself, like, yeah. dying on the inside. But on the outside, I'm a hilarious <sighs> idiot. And, well, so but a lot of people use comedy to hide behind some of their pain. Right. Like, you know, like, like you know, for example, for your cousin, no one really saw that coming right. because he was always happy. Um, Robin Williams. Exactly. Right, famous actor, comedian makes the most hilarious stuff but then people in his family were like oh no he was depressed but he did a great job of he hiding he it, did you know? and uh, um yeah he it's common it's pretty it's very common um but like yeah so like what i say is you know where humor comes pain and i've had pain like i yeah. i'm not telling everything on this podcast obviously in my life that's been stuff but like sure. there's stuff i shouldn't have saw when i was like little you know, there was an incident, something happened yeah. as little that I don't talk about. Um, but so, okay. like, even though I pride myself on trying to make people laugh, I, ne- I never admit I'm funny. I don't like to admit I'm funny. I don't think I'm funny all the time. <laughs> it's like admitting you're pretty, like, stupid. But I just like to make sh- I laugh at my own jokes all the time. Of course you do, dad jokes. Funny. You do. <laughs> um, but you're always laughing at yourself. They're so good. They're not good. <laughs> They're not good at all. They're um, they're making me depressed, Andre. <laughs> oh shit! No, don't say. That. Um, Joking. I can joke about that because I'm depressed. No. Um, yeah. But like, I forgot what I was going with this with writing and stuff. Oh, with with hiding where where your humor comes. Like, it's not so much a bad thing. I mean, it is a coping mechanism, and being funny is not going to kill anybody, and it's not going to hurt you. But you should definitely check in on your friends that you think are happy. And I can say, you, sir, are lucky you had that friend ask if you were okay. Me, I did not. Mm -hmm. I think everyone just assumed it. It's like, here's this happy-go-lucky kid, and he's always funny, he's always trying to laugh, he's always being dumb, dumb idiot. Because I like to be. And I do, but behind closed doors, like... You can see this 6'2", 308-pound man cry hard you never you, you never know right um i do that a lot i i try to reach out to people and just say hey like how's life i think right. people think maybe someone wants something from them when they do that but i don't i generally just i'm like hey like i used to talk to you a lot more a year ago it's maybe been a mm-hmm. while how you doing you right know? and and i truly mean that because it's a good way you, you never know that. and maybe someone just needs to vent for to you for a minute and then that made yeah. their day like yeah if you have a moment reach mm-hmm. out to people and sometimes you know, it that, does that can definitely help it's sometimes it does get annoying i will say it does get annoying too like when you you know um i i'm pretty open about it definitely want more people to be open about it i don't want people to know that they're they're out there they're alone because they're not alone so like i yeah. do post on like social media like hey i'm having a bad day and i just need to say something about it 
and then people say something and it's not me looking for attention it's just a way to like okay because no one's asking me necessarily so um i mean you ask me but it's different because you're in a different city but like um so i'll I'll put that out there just also for myself but also for someone that's having a bad day and then people do respond to that and it makes me feel good um I know that took a sad turn for a second when I said no one's here for me. There's people here for me. They're just, they're like, they know when I'm like that. They know, they already know the answer. So um, that's family for you. (laughs) This brings up another point Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Friends can be great as a source to lean on and talk to, but there is a point where it can be a bit much, you know, Mm -hmm. your friends, while they want to be there for you, they may not have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So in addition to medication, one of the other ways that I recommend getting support is through therapy. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and you're not a strict person in a straight jacket. Mm-hmm. Crazy if you see a therapist. I actually had a nice appointment with my therapist today. Mm-hmm. I do it once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you want to think of it as anything, think of it as going to the gym for exactly. your brain. That's the right? best like, way to put it. Um, yeah. And... Your friends can be great, and and you know they know you really well. They might be able to offer some insight, but professionals know trigger phrases and words, and and they know how to move you past where you're mm-hmm. at. Um, and that's why it's really important to not just have a therapist, but like do research and find a good mm-hmm. one. No, yeah. like for therapy. There's so much stigma behind it, like, oh, you're a pussy, you have to go to therapy. But no person's ever been to therapy, but really they have. They've talked to someone about their feelings, like their spouse or their partner or their friend or whatever. Um, it's definitely yeah. a pussy move to go to therapy. It's awesome. Like, no. and it's, um, I go to therapy every Tuesday. Uh, well, not every Tuesday. I go in, in waves. So I'll take, you know, a few months okay. off, a few months off. Because um, sometimes you do get to a point where you're paying to, to you know, just have a, conversation about WandaVision <laughs> with my counselor. Um, we sat there and talked about WandaVision one whole hour, and I'm like, okay, I think I, I can take a break for right now, and let's build up some, let's sure. build up some trauma for the next time. <laughs> but, you, but you needed to maybe that growth, yeah. right? Like, you weren't able to get to that right. point before, so maybe getting to that point, it's like, okay, I reached mm-hmm. a goal. It's, right? Yeah. Like, it's crazy because if you were at the point where you couldn't move, but now you're with someone in their office having a conversation mm-hmm. about something, that is growth, right. you know? And like, uh, I've been um, going to therapy since, since, uh, since a, probably about, actually it's been, I can't think how many years it's been, Jesus, is after um, I decided to get on depression medicine, um, I sought therapy again. And the so, thing is, like, even when I was a, a child, okay. I say this, when I was a child um, and I was having my so my separation anxiety, my parents did take me to therapy. Um, so I've known therapy okay. my whole life. Um, that was more uh, uh, psychiatric therapy. And I've had my stints in psychiatric therapy. Uh, help getting psychiatric help and being away for a little bit and that's fine too like it gets that bad um but like you so how was that experience if you don't mind sharing because it pulled me out of something it pulled me out of a dark space i was so so lost at a point where i was just like functioning through life just to get it over with and i knew i didn't want to kill myself because i didn't i got to that point where i feel like oh my god but you just yeah, I would totally be, 
in that just that place where I could see where people kill themselves. But because I what I experienced with my with my little cousin, um, I didn't do it because I didn't <sighs> want to go. In, I didn't want those people to go through that pain. And I'll never downplay his what he did. And I feel so. I wish I could help him for it. He was in so much pain that he couldn't take it. And, and I, I wish I could have given him some strength to, to help him out and realize it was going to be okay. It's going to not be perfect, but, you know, it'll be something. But he uh, he took it to a different place, and I learned from him. And um, yeah, I can't I, – I, he's – He's definitely around. He's definitely uh, like a definitely a cornerstone to helping me find myself again and finding out my depression. It's sad he's gone. I love him to death. Still love him to death. I still think about him daily. And just yeah. that was a that was a turning point for me when that happened. So I've been going to therapy since 2019, um, probably March of 2019. Um, I did a whole year of therapy. Then I started to wean myself off of it a bit. Um, and that's it's definitely helpful. And don't think it's bad to go to therapy. Also, don't be afraid no. to take your medication. I can't get over that stigma at all. No. So. Yeah. I, so kind of the best ways that we've talked about, Colin, just to kind of summarize that mm-hmm. is, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, go see a therapist if you need to. Talk to your doctor um, about you know, what you're going through and give medication a try. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different versions of them. So if one doesn't work, you can try a different kind. Yeah. If the side effects aren't great, read about this. Do your research, yep. read about that stuff. Um, and then just give it a try. Right. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Some of them do take about a month to work yeah. though because your brain has to get used to the chemicals. Yeah. But it, you know, if it's been a few months and it doesn't work, Okay. Yeah. You know, then then you try. And you know, but, it's it's a practice um, of medicine. It's not guaranteed going to you know be perfect the first time. It took a while yeah. to get my cocktail, like it did. And um, I actually just I like that. yeah. I just got my marijuana card um, for because in Missouri it's it, you know you can get it legally through with your medical. Medical. Yeah. And I told my doctor medical. about that. I was like, you know, I feel pretty good. My medicine's good. But there's days where I'm just a little off and I have trouble trying to fall asleep sometimes. And so I got my prescription, and I love, I love that it's actually available and actually is a, you know, it helps you out. I don't, uh, yeah. I feel bad that, you know, it it's just a different thing. I, I enjoy it. Um, it's it's different now than it, what I did as a kid. <laughs> Back then, I was just yeah, doing it. To it be reduces crazy. anxiety, but. It, ironically, it can also cause more anxiety. But for for the most part, it, it reduces True. anxiety. So it does. Yeah, help with that purpose. It definitely does. It definitely takes um, that. It kind of, I take it at night, and I'm huge in the indica, and I'll take it at night, and it kind of just lets my mind do what it used to before I had my problems. It's just like focus on whatever I'm doing, like reading a book or you know watching something on TV okay. before bed. That definitely helps get that out. But I don't use it. Haven't used it out socially yet, really. It's usually at home because it's the indica. So it's, of course, it's going to make me. You know, in the couch, you know that's the whole saying with that stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> Indica, new. That's, in the couch, I don't. That's, that's newer to me, um, uh, and so I don't know as much about <clears throat> everything about it. So I can't be a professional on that. I'm definitely not a professional on medicine, but I know that I've experienced medicine longer for treating depression, anxiety. So I can yeah. talk more about that. And stuff, um, but yeah, and I, I do want to add to that. Like it's you said this a minute ago. Like it's not going to fix your problems, but it helps. Um, mm-hmm. I think a multiple prong approach, like when I got out of my depression, which was two years ago, I saw a therapist, I got on medication, 
but I also proactively kind of just made goals and reprioritized stuff. And I was like, I have to do these things because they're sort of the cause of my anxiety. Like, and I, I mentioned it in one of the other episodes about being in a rut, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to just sort of reprioritize stuff, but like that medication, the therapy gave me the boost to get those goals mm. and get out of it. Right. You know, to where now I, now I go to therapy because I need that, you know, um, I find it to be helpful just to get that brain exercise mm-hmm. and process things that I still feel like are unresolved. Right. Um, that's good. But it, you know, just taking pills isn't going to fix everything. You, I, I feel like you also need to add in those goals and, um, maybe even exercise stuff like that to help boost your mood. Right. But don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to talk to your doctor. Don't be afraid to look into counseling. Tell your family. Be open about it. Um, Like I said, it's easier said than done. Right now I can say that because I'm in a good mood. I'm just chilling with my dog, talking to a friend about, you know, my life and my, my, you know, what I've experienced. But um, it's definitely good to talk. And... It's yeah. definitely not to hide it. I think it's something we need to, uh, to actually, you know, the fact that it's not very, it's not seen yet as important as like heart health, and you know all that stuff. It's getting there. Um, it's getting. We got there. some stuff. Yeah. To, we got some some hills to to climb for that. But um, I myself am trying to be positive and uh, do a movement of my own soon, and hopefully you'll see that soon. Um, just kind of a, a way of expressing, you know, your situation and seeing like that you're you're helped, you're a lifeguard um, to help someone else that may not be able to talk about it yet, or they're not at their comfortable point to realize that they're, they're yeah. able to talk about it, or they don't even know they're depressed yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely definitely something uh, triggering and and stuff to, to you know work with. There's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about too, and I don't know if you're gonna hit it yet or not. And let me see, like, we're both social media sluts. I mean, you so more than we me. are. I'm more of like writing because you know I love to write. You love selfies. Okay. <laughs> I've given, I'm not as I bad as I used to be. You are not, and I'm proud of you for that. You stepped down off that box, and I'm thank like, you. A round of applause for that. And there's nothing wrong with it, but. It, this may be opening a new can of worms for this conversation because I'm, I'm sure you're like, oh, we're ready to wrap up, but let's just throw this part in there real quick. Social media, you know, we're all missing the, you know, we all have the FOMO, which is a new term that, um, uh, you know, has come about. Like you see your friends out there, you know, in a moment, in a picture, you know, they're on the beach or they're at a club. Uh, Actually, not even this year. What am I thinking? We just got out of COVID or not even out of COVID, but we're, we've been locked in. Which actually added another like judgment of saying, "Why the hell are you out? Go home," you know. Yeah, I think social. Well, we didn't have those photos of all those group pictures, being like, "Oh, I wish I was there," because the events didn't happen. Right, but I get what you're saying. It was, it was a good. It's a weird year. <laughs> I mean, we're all getting off yeah. the train. Hopefully soon, I'm vaxxed. You're fully vaxxed, yeah. right? Yes, sir. That's something like you think that we would be totally. You think I. I, you'd think that that would probably be the most anxious time of my life is being in a pandemic that could kill you. But I was actually 
relaxed about it because I paid attention to it and I, you know, I was probably tuned in a little too much on stuff like the news and stuff. And I kept track of my friends and, you know, I, you know, there were a few friends that I had that, that actually had the virus and I kept updating with them and stuff like that. We almost lost, well, we lost some people. You, we yeah. almost lost a few more. Yeah. That was terrifying. It's terrifying. But like, you'd think like I would be, that's, that's okay. I'm actually going to jump to something here and I'm sorry that I'm doing this right now. I have a fight or flight mode. No, you're fine. So like, even if I'm having a panic attack and like, say we're hanging out or something and we're out somewhere and I'm having a panic attack and say like you, someone punches you or something, something insane happens. I will come over there and like my anxiety is out. I'm in here to protect you. I'm in here to make sure that this is like, you're okay. You're safe. Nothing's broken. Like that's how I am. I turn into like a papa bear and make sure everything's okay, which is just to me that boggles me. Cause I also wish I could, I could put that into a serum or whatever and inject that in my arm and be like, I guess that's, I guess it isn't a serum with uh what is it when they push into your heart? <laughs> To get you going, like oh, adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline. I yeah. can't even think of adrenaline. Yeah, like, but that's like. Well, that's that's your. That's what blows my mind. Parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. fight or flight. That's what, and that's actually a different part of your brain that activates. That I know and it, you don't think about it. It's um, uncontrolled, right? And it's so weird. So, I think that 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 was something that I probably I wanted to touch base with earlier. Like that, when I know someone else I know is in trouble, I will flip the switch and turn my get out of my head and be able to turn that off everything off around me to make sure my friend or my family members okay um or anything like that so i think that's probably why i wasn't yeah. so anxious during a pandemic because i was worried about other people and protecting myself and my family um okay but yeah i don't know why it took this route but seriously we can talk about mental health no that, like there's so much to we it. can we can I, I mean, I'd be down to do another part on this because um, you know, it's not even just anxiety and depression. Right. There's just a lot more uh, mental health. We've yeah. got people that are bipolar that have, mm -hmm. you know, different mood personality disorders. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, definitely don't... they don't always tell people they have those either, mm -hmm. um, but they deal with them on a daily basis. And I know a lot of them take medication right. and, and, and they have to fight with it every day. They're bipolar. You know? And if you don't have those things, you don't yeah. get it because you don't have to. You don't have to deal yeah. with it. Bipolarism actually so. is an old is a new term for uh, manic depressive. So manic depressive was a totally different thing oh, okay. than normal, you know, depression. And it's just crazy all the health stuff out there. It'd be cool maybe to have a you know a psychiatrist or a doctor um, to talk with about this on on your podcast. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely it's definitely interesting and it's definitely scary and it's definitely um just more common than you think so you're definitely not alone out there so if anyone's listening no. to this and they're feeling like i can't talk to anyone or i'm too embarrassed to talk to anyone definitely uh definitely reach out i mean yeah i mean there's there's hotlines too so if you feel that you're yeah gonna hurt someone or if you have a friend that you think is gonna hurt themselves or right. someone you know call the hotline yeah. um i know some people kind of worry is it a big deal or like am i going to make this a big deal or, or put the spotlight on them or offend them no like if you think someone's going to get hurt or they're going to hurt themselves 
call the number mm-hmm. and let them decide if it's something that needs to be pursued further. Yeah. Right. Like, and that that's not up to you. Let the professionals take care definitely, of it from there. And you know, that number is definitely important. And you know, it's 1-800-273-8255. It's 24 hours a day. That's the national um, okay. suicide prevention hotline. Definitely keep that in your phone. Not for yourself, not just, I'm not saying do it for yourself. Just keep it in your phone because you don't know what you're gonna run into because someone no. that you know you never know what's going in someone's head but i don't mean to scare anybody but i just want to say be aware of your friends and also no, be aware of your mental health it's a way that family and friends can be supportive mm-hmm. right? right like sometimes you're like i don't really know what to do with this person or how to help them mm-hmm. but that can be a way to, to do it just you know be an ear and and you know have that number handy and, and just find ways to mm-hmm. to check in right right um so yeah so well that was that was great, Colin. I, I really appreciate you coming on with me today yeah. and, and talking about, um, you know, everything that you're going right. through and, and, and being vulnerable. And, you know, I do want to give people hope that, you know, anxiety and depression is something you may have the rest of your life, which sounds dire. Oh, but yeah. Finding the best ways to handle it um, makes it so that you're not a victim to it anymore. Mm-hmm. You can you can control it versus it controlling you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big message that I want to put out there. Definitely. And Colin and I are great examples of that. You know, Colin, you've done a great job, you know, with with dealing with it. You've come a long way over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've watched that and with with joy and I you know mm-hmm. I, I can see that you can still be successful and and deal with these things. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be. I try to. And so. you know, it's another thing is like, I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's not going to go away. I mean, it's always going to be there. I will always consider myself, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's, I, I suffer from, uh, uh, anxiety and social, uh, social anxiety and depression. So that's something that's always going to be there for me just as much as like my high blood pressure. So I'm not embarrassed by yeah. it. I want people to feel comfortable to talk to me about it. Um, as much as like I would be a therapist, I don't want to be a therapist, but <laughs> definitely a friend to talk to and definitely <laughs> want to give you advice and, and, you know, see if I can help you find the resources to, uh, get out of that and get into, uh, get into a plan, get into a routine for you. Um, get in, you know, make sure that you know, you're, you're okay and you can, you can take care of this and someone's there to help you. And yeah, I'm just a support to get you to that point if you want to. And like, I don't, I mean, Absolutely. we have tons of mutual friends, Audrey, obviously, because we're idiots, not idiots, <laughs> we're bears, and we... No, we're idiots, it. it's fine. That's true, we're idiots, <laughs> but, like, we all just know each other just from being yeah. caveman and looking at a picture and saying, oh, friend request, oh, follow, but I want you to know, the people <laughs> to know, that in our community, <laughs> in our community, um... And if you see this podcast, you see me on Facebook um, or Twitter, Instagram, feel free to reach out to me with any questions about that stuff. Or if you're just feeling low, just someone to talk to. And, you know, it's just like something to do. I'm definitely around to talk. And Andre is too. Andre is a better, like Andre is a listener. Like he's such a good listener and supportive and you never feel judged. And I... Do I come? I don't think I come off as judgy. I think I came off as judgy in that one trip, but I was no. in a dark place. Um, so, so and Andre's seen my yeah, bad. You're good. And my good. So, 
I, but I'm still talking to you, so obviously it's all good. Right? <laughs> you're like, right now you're in trash <laughs> mode. <laughs> but no, now that like we're starting to see the, the light of day, the light at the end of this tunnel, you know, definitely look forward to seeing my friends. Definitely look forward to see you somewhere, some point, sometime soon. Yeah, um, absolutely. Hopefully. But yeah. Well, absolutely. And thanks again, Colin. And um, for anyone listening, if you would like to share your experience or want to come with us with more questions, uh, please feel free to email show at gmail.com and, and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So Apple Music, Spotify, anything like that. Um, you'll find me at the bear share show. So thank you so much, everybody. I hope all of you have a, a amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye everybody.